Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. This week, we're kicking off our own version of March Madness, where one of our hosts is going to lead you down a rabbit hole from niche to normie on something very near and dear to their heart. This week, I'm inviting you into my playroom as we talk all things toys. It's collecting on Normies Like Us. Flip party, dude! It's the Turtles Party Wagon from Welcome back to Normies Like Us. Like I said up top, we're kicking off our own version of March Madness. Each one of our hosts here is going to basically talk about something that's very special to them, but might even be a little niche to the rest of the cast. Uh, I'm first up, and we're going to be talking all about toys. It's your host, Joe. Yeah, this is Mike Madness during March Madness. Hello. There you go. Um, yeah, this this is uh, uh, Funko Jacob. And I'll be Colin the Giraffe, owner of Toys R Me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, guys, Toy, I'm, I'm... Toy Me's like us. I'm so excited to talk about... Uh, collecting i mean i know it's something that you guys have heard me ramble about plenty uh just to give joe a little bit of an toys. introduction of joe loves <laughs> basically yeah start that chant um to give a little history why we're doing this i have always been a diehard collector uh in my day job i work for a collectible company called entertainment earth i host all of our videos and do all the social media so i actually get to uh play with toys for a living which is super exciting but obviously it's toys everyone has a relationship with it so right out of the gate i gotta know we're all boys in the midwest <laughs> from middle class families we had toys what was in your guys's collection well i guess i'll jump in here uh I, I had a lot of Street Sharks toys and a lot of Star Wars toys. Not like the full Kenner line, but the amount of stop motion videos I tried to make with my Luke Skywalker and uh, Boba Fett on a VHS uh, is significant. Wow. <laughs> so you were doing stop motion stuff all the way back in the day. Oh, yeah. I was trying to use the old VHS camera. So a lot of my toys made their ways into like my short films. I had sick Hot Wheels ramp days and stuff like that. So a fair variety of the stuff that boys would collect. But you had more than one street shark. That's the main thing. I had a street shark, a biker mouse from Mars. I could not duplicate having more of those because my parents would be like, those are bullshit. I'm very proud of you for having a couple, Mike. <laughs> no, you have all the turtles. You don't get all the biker mice and street sharks, too. Yeah, between me and my brother, we had every street shark. And then my cousin as well had an impressive G.I. Joe collection, including the uh, Terror Dome for Whoa. the Cobra. Which was insane. So that was the most impressive collection of anybody I knew. He had thousands of, you know, those three and a half inch figures. So, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. I had a little bit of a little bit of everything. Jacob, what about you? I'll jump in. I'll, I'll say, um, uh, you know, toys kind of grew out of toys. I'm not a toy boy. Uh, I, my brother <laughs> and I, my brother loves toys. I'm not your boy. He's super toy. into toy boy. I'm not your boy toy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I collected Transformers when we were kids, like collected, collected. You would run out to go to places where, like, they had them, basically antique stores. You would call and, oh, my God, there's that type of one. Yeah, let's run out and get that. And it was very formative, again, more for my brother's life. Um, I think there's some lost toys of our era. Something I was thinking about, Joe, when you were putting this, like, list together. 
I miss yeah, kids aren't obsessed with Nerf anymore. You know, you can't shoot anybody, obviously, but boy, Dude, when we were growing up, Nerf was so important. Yeah. But now it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're still they got Fortnite Nerf, but it's like actually, I'm kind of jealous of some of the Nerf guns they have nowadays. Uh, yeah, it's ooh. it's all under the the Hasbro umbrella now. I mean, there's even um, silencers for your Nerf guns now. They don't really do anything <laughs> other than just go on the front, but it is so cool to see. I mean, stuff Nerf that trench coat we didn't have. <laughs> Jacob, what about you, man? Um, well, you know, I didn't have like, uh, like similar to Colin me, but I didn't have a lot of like action figures or anything like that. But I guess my main toys, I had a lot of Legos, um, Legos was probably the main thing. And I just had like bins full of Legos. I would just get the sets, but then a lot of times I wouldn't even build the the set and I would just kind of take the pieces and throw them all in and then just make my own stuff. Um, yeah, and I had, well, you know what? I had some of those uh, wrestling uh, figures, like the the bigger ones. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Kids used to have those all the time, and I didn't really even know about it because, like, I didn't watch wrestling as a kid, but I just had the some of the, like, I had the Undertaker and, like, some of the other ones. <laughs> and then because my friends those, had them. Uh, did you have one of those My Body Pillows, you know, that was, like, Hogan or, or Macho Man? A wrestling buddy? <laughs> yeah, a no, wrestling buddy. Thank you, man. I did. No, these were like maybe, I don't know, they were like a foot tall. They're kind they of big, maybe not that figures. big. Yeah. yeah, 12 inches, that's that's a foot. Um, that sure is. <laughs> and so, my friends that in the neighborhood had them, so I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about this wrestling stuff, but I'll get some of these guys and then they would just make them fight each other and stuff and that was fun. I mean, I think that's one of the things well, that's that's so fascinating about toys and I think why we're, we're talking about it today. It really informed... Uh, a lot of what you were into, you would just come across something and then become obsessed with it. And it is normies like us. So you're going to talk niche to normie. I would say collecting is now normie. I know all of you collect something. Jacob, you want to, you want to yeah. talk a little bit about what you're into? Well, I've always been kind of a, a collector just in general and like kind of, I'm kind of a, um, what's the word? Uh, I can't think of it. But anyways, <laughs> I collect a lot of different stuff. I collect like movie tickets. Uh, every movie that I go see, I keep the, the movie stub, mm. ticket stub. And, oh, uh, OCD. I you were thinking of <laughs> Yeah. Thinking no, of hoarders. Like hoarders. Well, that's what I was thinking that's of. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm a bit of a hoarder. Um, I have hoarding tendencies if I don't, if I don't exert my willpower over myself to keep things uh, clean and organized in my house. But um yeah, so I collect movie tickets. I collect coasters from different um, like bars and stuff. I would just keep the like the paper coaster. I have some from Germany and stuff. But my main collection that you're probably wanting me to talk about is yeah. uh, <laughs> Funko Pop vinyl figures. Um, but you know, I'm a little embarrassed to even say that I collect Funko Pops because it's kind of looked down on, you know, for, for most people, like it's not like the coolest thing to collect, but, Is it um, the beanie babies of its day, Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be, it might be. I, the reason I like them is because there's all these different franchises. There's, you know, you got star Wars, Marvel, game of Thrones, football players, basketball players, everything you can think of. And they're all, they have this like uniform design, right? But then they mm -hmm. have unique characteristics that you know what each one is. And so I kind of like that they're all uniform, but they're all different too. Yeah. yeah I mean, like there's definitely appeal to having a, 
you know, a, a franchise for everyone, right? Everyone's a fan of something and, and Funko really hits that for a lot of people. That yeah. uniformity really is nice too. Cause like when I would, you know, have video games and you want to line them up and then they switch the label and then it like, it looks like it just drives you crazy. So the Funkos are, you're able to grab a lot of different franchises, but still it has that unified feel. Right. And I line them all up and they're all like the same height for the most part. Except the annoying thing is some of them, so, so Marvel and Star Wars are bobbleheads that are on stands, if you don't know, the Funko versions, because they can't, they don't have the license to sell action figures, I think. So they have to be bobbleheads. Everything else is, the head is like stationary and it doesn't have a stand and I like those better. So, but for the most part, they're pretty much, I have them all on, my, on this shelf above me um, right now. But, How many do you have? Oh. <laughs> Calculating. <laughs> he's, he's, he's I probably looking. have about... Uh, about 20. Okay, okay. Between, I have a couple at the office that I put on my office desk. I got a couple Browns players that I, that I keep, you know, lined up. Um, right, but right. I don't even really, I don't buy them for myself anymore the last couple years really, but I just mainly get them as gifts from uh, my friends, which uh, including, you know, Colin and Joe here, they give me a lot of, you know, for, you know. curse. <laughs> yeah, so every year at my birthday or something, I'll get a couple more and I'll add them to the collection. So I really enjoy it, yeah. I think that really hits the nail on the head right out of the gate here. Uh, even someone who is extremely casual, right, normie of collecting, mm-hmm. is aware of the yeah. differences in Funko Pops. How Some are bobbleheads and some aren't, but they're all the same height. Uh, Mike, what right. about you? I know I've seen you pick up a couple things. So generally, um, I collect artifacts it's almost like indiana jones you know i'll grab maybe one key piece from franchises that i really like so i'll have like a nice jojo's bizarre adventure figure that i got in tokyo or i built a pc and i put a 12 inch revenant from the doom franchise in there i have the dark souls art book so i usually just try to find kind of one thing that personifies like that thing and i'll get just kind of one item it's yeah, a, but, a collection of holy grails. I mean, it doesn't get yeah, any more than that. It's like pulling the idol, dropping the bag of sand. So it's all these holy uh, grails. Yeah, so that's you know kind of my I, strategy. I think those belong in a museum, Mike. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Speaking of Jones, yeah, another that thing that Joe likes. I want to talk about Mike. what does Joe collect, right? Oh, we'll we'll get into all of that. I'll walk you through the history. But before we move on, Colin, I got to know right. what's, uh, what's in your collection. Oh, currently, yeah. Um, I do a few things, comic books and books mainly. I do a lot of Stephen King books. You know, if you try to find first editions, uh, I do like Funko Pops. I am also cursed like Jacob to the birthdays and the, uh, the Christmases, uh, in a very loving yeah. way. Cause I do love all of them and it's cool that there are so many different little, uh, little properties. Uh, but I don't know, little figurines for favorite characters like Dr. Doom and stuff, comic appearances there, things like that. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of one of those things, if you like it, you pick it up. And everyone kind of has this obsession with collecting. Uh, let's start off by talking about the history, the modern history of collecting. We'll, we'll explain more about it on the other side of the break here. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, the Darth Vader TIE Fighter. Careful, Luke, we've got company! X-Wing Fighter and action figure sold separately, batteries not included. It's on our tail, Luke! Darth Vader's TIE Fighter has flashing lights. Action sound. Luke's force is strong, but we've got him now. Oh, no, you don't. We've lost our solar panels. Perfect hit. I'll be back. Kenner's Star Wars Darth Vader TIE Fighter. X-Wing fighter and action figure each sold separately. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. We're talking all about collectibles, a little bit on the history of modern collecting. Uh, Toys have been around forever, 
obviously. Um, but it wasn't until Star Wars that we really saw the frenzy. Before Star Wars, there weren't even really toys made of movies because it was something that was in and out of theaters, right? It was gone. There wasn't a lasting market for it. Mm-hmm. Star Wars changed all of that. Uh, so they were looking to get a license for the toy, um, to, for the toys, and everyone turned them down because no one really thought it was going to be worth it, right? It was mm-hmm. a one-and-done deal. They couldn't get anyone except a small company in Cincinnati, Ohio, called Kenner. Uh, Kenner hit the the jackpot, right? I mean, right. this movie was in the 70s. I know you're probably tired of us talking about Star Wars since we have already <laughs> talked all Star Wars. No but those, uh, those figures are still around today. And they kind of were the invention of the modern action figure. So before that, you had uh, G.I. Joes and Barbies. They were 12-inch figures, like Jacob said, with his wrestling figures. There weren't really action figures like we know them today, which is the the three and three-quarter scale. Mm. Um, The reason for that was because they wanted to be able to give you the ships and the play sets and build the whole universe, right? I mean, like, what's Han Solo without the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, or, you know... Speeder biker, you know that wasn't well, in the original Star Wars. The terror but, you know. dome, Mike. That's a big ticket item. Yeah. So, so does yeah. that mean that like GI Joe, the ones that I remember, those three and three quarters, that that was like a reaction that to came Star Wars after? Yes, and wow. also from Kenner. So Kenner goes from being this tiny company that was making Easy Bake Oven, and and mm-hmm. they had like a, a goofy little bird as their mascot. Um, and then they got the license to Star Wars and the whole game changed. So you uh, had G.I. Joe going from being those 12 inch essentially dolls to the three and three quarter scale that that we all know now. Wow. What, what I loved about G.I. Joe was the, the vehicles. And clearly that came from Star Wars. That makes a lot of sense. Now I see the DNA. Oh, yeah. Can we kind of talk about the most interesting fact, Joe, that you're mentioning the um, original Star Wars toys? Of course, the buy-in there was they were kind of pre-orders. You would get the ticket on Christmas that said, figures will come. You do not actually have Star Wars toys yet. So that is the original, you know, it's DLC to come. It's the pre-order. It's, it's like, how did we <laughs> day get one. there? Hey, people exactly. didn't think it would work. I mean, it did. No, not at all. That was one of the things. Like, they... They didn't have figures ready to go until uh, I think it was like six months after Star Wars had actually come out. So it just took, you know, it took time to to really change the entire toy game. And the way they came up with that was literally just by by eyeballing it, right? And then these figures, um, there was just a basic line to start with with the core characters, and they were all really kit bashes of each other. Uh, do you guys know what a kit bash is? Does that does that yeah. make sense? Or? Let's explain okay, it so, for the people at home, though. Yeah, yeah I already know. A, oh, Jacob already knows. Uh, a kit bash <laughs> is where record. you take certain certain pieces of figures and you put them together to make an all new figure. So, for example, the legendary Boba Fett with the firing rocket that everyone wanted that was a mail-in only figure. Mm-hmm. It was made up of five or six different other figures that they had just hobbled together to create something new using all of the same molds over and over again. It's, I guess it's cheaper for production. We would we would kitbash our wrestling figures. We would take the Undertaker's head and put it on Triple H and we would have, you know, 
Hunter Hearst Undertaker or the Rock right. Johnson. Oh, you're making yeah. Mighty Mike. <laughs> yeah, we just make our own wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this you know, was the funny birth is, uh, of customizing, which is is such a big part of the community now. Mm. Yeah, and even with uh, Funko Pops, people will make custom pops that you know themselves like they'll paint them and stuff and they'll just take different heads and stuff and they'll paint it to look you know Would like you something else it's really cool diy bodies jacob I, I always see those on like ebay <laughs> Maybe. and stuff i don't know it makes sense there's one for the right price yeah right the, the kit bashing that they used to make the toys makes sense because famously a lot of the models of the actual ships were kit bashed um you know yeah. that they use in the film so it, it i like that lineage at least mm. well i'll do you one even better they took those molds from star wars and then they would do what is basically just called label slapping and they would skin it differently. And those would be your, your Robin hood toys. Uh, they would do the same thing with other oh. lines down the line. So you had the, the hideout for the merry men in the Robin hood movie was also the Ewok village. I mean, it's the same oh, toy. Man. <laughs> it's just sold to you with a different skin. They would repaint Friar Luke Tuck Skywalker. Was a Gaborian guard. He was, yes. <laughs> I mean, that was that's how they got around making all of these different things. It's just kind of a lot of ingenuity, right? And this was all happening so fast. Like Colin said, they were really pre-orders to begin with. And Star Wars toys never stopped. I mean, it was Kenner making these movies through the original trilogy. And then G.I. Joe reacting to that. Then you had... Mm. Kenner get all of the boys licenses. So the Batman, the animated series figures, you guys remember those from when you were a kid? Those were, those were also Kenner. Wow. So basically most of this three and three quarter action figure stuff of that time is Kenner. Yep. It was really um, a style that was then copied by, you know, playmates was making um, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles toys Hasbro, it's funny, they they had turned down Star Wars, but then we get to this point where oh, wow. the, the original frenzy has happened, right? And that deal was so cheap for Kenner that when it was renegotiated, Hasbro was willing to do basically anything. Eventually, Kenner ends up getting folded into uh, Hasbro. So Hasbro mm. acquires um, Kenner and now... That's why all of the Star Wars figures are through Hasbro. But that's something I think is also fascinating about the toy industry in general. It's really like the studio wars in Hollywood don't have anything on the studio wars in the toy industry. I mean, it's wild how these licenses move around and and companies are absorbed by each other. It's always happening. Yeah, it's like just the control of like a natural resource. Like I have the oil fields or the coal mines or the, you know, it's like if I have the Star Wars license or whatever the big property is, like people will go to war for that on a business sense. Absolutely. You got fucking Mattel, a rival of Hasbro, who literally says, no, we're not doing those Star Wars toys. They pass on it. They see what a fucking mega sensation it ends up being for Hasbro, guys. That they start looking around and going, okay, what property do we own? What property do we own? They try to make some Conan the Barbarian toys. Doesn't work. They repurpose them as a new character known as Prince Adam, He-Man, Master of the Universe. They release their own toy line that becomes its own sort of thing. Think about that. That's a war. I thought that was a cartoon. And like then they made toys for it. 
Well, see, oh, here's the thing that they, they made all it. trick you on, and this is kind of a you know the the secret of your childhood, I guess. All of these cartoons were made to sell these toys. Um, <laughs> right. I think Commercials. The, I think the most yeah. fascinating example of that is is definitely Power Rangers and uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers was a, a kit bashed. I- yeah. TV show. Oh God! Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. That's that true. Definitely, I true, agree with you, Joe. I would say the most gregarious in my youth was those GI Joe episodes, where literally they'd be like, "You got to go to the all new Swamp Cruiser. Get in now!" And I'd be like, "Let's well, go <laughs> oh, the yeah. all new." Yeah, there were vehicles being made nonstop. I mean, Sergeant Slaughter showed up so they could sell you a Sergeant Slaughter figure. Uh, all right, and people ate it up. I mean, they they love it. There's something tangible about collecting toys right um and because there was such an inconsistency in the early days of the star wars line it really kind of created this culture of rarities and chase figures which is Mm. something that we see you know built into the market now like every funko pop not every single one but there's a lot of chase variants where you want that variant it's the same way collectors are I don't want the I don't want the gold-haired Luke. I want the dirty blonde Luke. I mean that was stuff that was happening naturally because they were making these toys as fast as possible and sometimes the printer would run out of color and and it would just look a little different. Hmm. It's like, well, here we go. Luke's hair did go from lighter to darker throughout the movie. So who knows where that decision was informed <laughs> from. Yeah. It it is crazy though. I mean, just the toy business. Let me check my favorite new Star Wars character. Oh, yep. Zori, you made it. Uh, she has <laughs> oh, yeah. a figure as well. <laughs> hey, hey, what about Babu Frick? I'm not going to oh, type Babu that Frick, he I'm comes sure with a, a, a C3PO. I need the, yeah, I need oh. the Babu Pop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be here sometime, right? Like, that's the, the <laughs> well, beauty should we of mention Everyone's real quick, going after you know, everything. There's the past of Star Wars breaking records, probably the most merchandised toy thing. Obviously, you have to talk about them for it, but we should say the number one pre-order of all time now is the the child baby Yoda Funko Pop. Like, is that a, uh, that's a toy collectible? Uh, there you go. It's, it's like a full circle. Fucking love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like the Kenner I mean, stand-up. And it's I, that's why I think telling the the history of collecting through the eyes of Star Wars makes so much sense because it it really never died. There was a period um, between the original series and the prequels for like four or five years where nothing was made. Star Wars collectors call those the dark <laughs> the dark days, basically. <laughs> um, but then when they came back, I mean, they made new characters for the prequels, but also they just kept making the old characters. They kept playing into an audience that was yes for kids but also for collectors i mean it was for people who had the original line and now we're expanding to new versions with the power of the force figures and and the the power of the jedi figures these were the ones that we had when we were kids and they were essentially the same figures oh wow I was watching, uh, as per your recommendation, you said on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. And I checked out the Star Wars one. And according to them, George Lucas basically waited until the rights got renegotiated and he got a better cut. And then he announced, I'm going to make the prequels and come out with a bunch uh, of new toys. 
Probably well, and a lot clever the girl. most attractive neighbor that I had growing up, like this super fine smoking hot girl who I would go on to realize later, like whose dad was around in the neighborhood all the time because he really didn't work. Um, but uh, shout out to them. I will not say their name. Uh, they had a garage sale <laughs> one time when we were growing up, Joe, where those powers of the force figures were just released. It was the first wave. He must have gotten them off a fucking truck or something. He starts putting them out and selling them. He's knocking off a couple to me and my brother. I took him back to my dad, who was like, whoa, you just bought these for like five bucks? Okay, here's a 20. Go, 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 go to a couple more. I mean, Star oh, Wars yeah. toys were it, man. Wow. I mean, this was, I remember going to Toys R Us and, and my grandma would have, you know, four or five kids with her because it was everybody. And she would just find a worker and be like, just go in the back and get a case and bring it out here. And then just take the case and divide it among everyone. Because it was just like... Well, I'm not going to like let everyone pick out individually. We'll be here forever. So she, she would oh just God. buy a case. Get um, out of there. And like, you know, even then I remember being a kid, but it wasn't all kids in the aisles. I mean, there there was this this adult community that was formed because it was nostalgia for their childhood. It was literally the same exact franchise. It was the same characters just slightly done better. I mean, it's like when we were kids and we were playing Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Now, of course, you're going to want to play Dark Souls and like the latest versions of everything that have the best graphics because you didn't have it when you were a kid. All the thumbnails are on the right side of the thumb now. It's just everything's a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, it actually makes sense. Yeah, the G.I. Joe figures, I mean, that's another thing that is just fascinating is the the lack of quality control in the early days because it was so much running and gunning. You mentioned the toys that made us. I think that's a really fun watch for anyone who's just feeling a little nostalgic. They'll play old commercials from 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 back in the day. Oh, yeah. Those are so fun to see. Um, but the Power Rangers toys, I mean, those were literally the molds from the original series that they just got, brought them over here, and and made them again. I mean, they just slapped a, a fresh coat of paint on them. I guess that's like similar to what happens with Transformers, I guess, after the Star Wars craze. It's like, well, what, what can we do? And somebody comes across these old Tyco figures that are, I can't remember what they were called in Japanese, but they just imported them here and basically sold them as Transformers. And yeah. made a cartoon. Well, there was a cartoon, you know what I mean? And Bada bing, bada boom. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, that is that is a lot of people's end all be all is Transformers. I mean, mm-hmm. Colin, I know your brother is a huge Transformers fan. That's very influenced 100% be, by the uh, toys. Went on the rant to me when I saw him. He had just gotten back from Japan and was like, I went to the original museum where we saw, you have to understand, and I, Mike, I'm, I forget the name too, but the Autobots and the Decepticons were from two different toy lines. And it was like, car man and auto guys and he's like you have to yeah right <laughs> no. these were these guys they're so important uh you know i saw the original molds i saw the original pieces and i just thought wow fucking here we are full circle man <laughs> i mean it's you know even those were again kit bashed together so much of the toy industry is just running and gunning and i think it's so exciting um as a kid, obviously, because you, you want to collect everything and you and you and you want to play with it all. But as an adult, just to see the the energy behind it. I mean, everyone is uh, in the toy industry because they love toys and they they love collecting and they kind of never grew out of that. You know, that's something I I never really grew out of it. Those those three and three quarter figures are still um, some of my favorite. I mean, I have a, a collection of three and three quarter figures. 
and since have graduated on to some some bigger stuff we'll talk about in our in our next segment. Um, does anyone have any other nostalgic callbacks to to the days of past? Yeah, I mean, I think before even you know action figures, one of the biggest things collected were baseball cards. I think my largest collection was Pokemon cards and also Pogs. Oh. Are Pogs toys? They're not action figures, but Pogs oh, are certainly a toy yeah, now. Oh, Mike going down to Pogs the Pogs are toys, dungeon. man. I'd be back in the alley <laughs> slamming Pogs, you know? Yeah. It was, uh, it was Slammers, we played for keeps. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Pokemon cards as well. Yeah, big collection of that. And, and, I mean, you collect them in the game. Not necessarily a toy, but I did get the Burger King toys and stuff. Um, I just want to kind of yeah reflect on like the whole Transformers and the action figures, and even that grows into the model building community, which loops all the way back around to Star Wars, which came out of model kits. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's just crazy. Uh, hold it's on, I want to do one circle. more nostalgia thing, just because Mike was mentioning the merchandising <laughs> stuff to the side. Isn't it incredible that uh, it's not even a toy, but that my mind can be so focused towards the Batman Forever McDonald's mug glasses that you could pick up for like oh, yeah. five dollars, <laughs> and that like. If somebody, if I made a Ready Player One style movie where somebody had to do like a heist through like the greatest nostalgia things of all time, there there would be a scene where a character it would gets be those glass goes, mugs. Hold on, is that Two Faces glass from McDonald's in nineteen ninety five? Yeah, I mean, I remember um, waiting up until midnight for the release of the Episode One toys, which was a couple months before the movie wow. came out. Um, and going, I wasn't allowed to go. I, I waited. My my brother and my mom went, and they brought me back um, a Mace Windu, a Jar Jar Binks, a Qui Gon, and an Obi Wan, and a Darth Maul. And it was wow. like, this is it. And that oh uh, that that Mace Windu didn't come with a purple lightsaber. It came with a blue lightsaber. That then they were like, no, it's purple. Like it was <laughs> it was hued different than the other blues. Uh, and there wow. was a speeder bike. I mean, there were creating hype for the movie with the figures when if you go look at the past they didn't even have figures out until months after the movie <laughs> had launched so it's really kind of learning from their past mistake there except for baby yoda <laughs> um yeah speaking of episode one um that kind of ties into my story about legos so i didn't have a lot of the action figures or anything like that but i had a lot of legos around the time that the prequels are coming out and i got a lot of the uh, prequel sets and I had the uh, specifically from episode one I had the droid tank thing that was like the hover tank oh, okay, for the yeah. uh, droid the battle droids and mm-hmm. then I also had uh, Anakin's pod racer uh, which was awesome but then what I did is I had all these sets I would mix them up because basically I had I used to like you what know you make say, adventures kit bash them yeah yeah I would kit bash the Legos there you go. and I had a character that was me uh, that was like combined from different body parts and he was really cool because he, like like <laughs> <laughs> he had like you he had a laser hook so it was like a hook like a pirate would have on his hand but it was like wow. a laser yeah i don't okay. know even remember where that was from or anything but it was awesome so i was like yep that's going on there and then <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name was like xander uh i want to it's not cool, xander man. cage but you know i named him xander or something um he was really cool and then he would just go on adventures but basically his ship his personal ship i made by taking a dragster like car set that i had and then i connect i put the basically i put the pod racer on top of the dragster wheels 
and I called it the Scorpion, and it, uh, so it could have wheels or it could fly. The legend of the Scorpion <laughs> continues, Normies. You've heard about it in the past episodes. I'm pretty sure the episode one one. Oh, I did just I? have so many more questions. Yeah. I would give anything to see a picture of because now the new detail oh, is yeah. that Xander is a part of it. Yeah, pre Xander. <laughs> well, I, I have yeah. questions about Xander. So yeah, was Xander's yeah. head the the one with the white hair? That uh, kind of went off to the side. Um, there was like one might have, Lego that had like cool boy hair. Was I'm not. It, sure. Yeah, I don't think cool it had that, hair, but like, it was like know. a it was like a robotic head or like an alien type head. He had like weird eyes. I think. Legos had the best um, accessories. Yeah, and I don't even know where I got that that head or the hook thing. It was like from an Arctic exploration kit or something that I had, and that was the home base that I built for him. It was a whole thing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, you know, if I went back to my dad's house in Ohio, I wonder if I still have like, those Legos somewhere please, in, the, in the basement. Is, there, is anyone <laughs> That's in the family that is a normie? We have to know that it's still out there. I need to see a picture Everyone of the Scorpion. Everyone needs to see the Scorpion. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Very oh, cool. one last, Jacob, let me ask you one last one, just because it's a more recent nostalgia thing. Is there any good Harry Potter collectibles as a guy who does Harry I was thinking about that. There's no good Harry Potter toys, are there? Or well, they had, kind of the, they had Legos too, Harry Potter Legos, but Didn't a lot of like companies real, had Legos. Like a, like a vibrating uh, like wand that had to get recalled <laughs> for lascivious reasons, if I Maybe. recall. Or a broom I mean, you something. can go to um, you know Universal and... Uh, you know, get all the custom wands and stuff there. But yeah, they didn't really, I don't know if they had like action figures like Star Wars or, I don't um, think they you know. did anything cool like that. McFarlane Toys the owns the license and they're making toys now. So mm. Whoa. Um, if you, if you're into Harry Potter, you can get McFarlane Toys action figures of, of all your favorite characters. And there's even, um, I think Figma or SH Figure Arts, who are two imports from Japan, they have a mm-hmm. line of Harry Potter figures as well, oh. including um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You're going to have a, a oh, version can't wait to of get that my, character. My uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Jacob Wachowski? <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so here we're, we're kind of getting into to what I'm excited to talk about, the niche to normie of collecting. Let's talk about some of these brands that you might not know that are not G.I. Joe on the other side of the break. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots waves their battles to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, robots in disguise. Attack the Autobot Commander! Call in the Decepticon leader! The Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers, from Hasbro. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking all things toys. And of course, it's a great time to be talking toys because last week, uh, New York Toy Fair wrapped up. This is the the Super Bowl of collecting. It is when you're going to see everything new from all the companies for the next year. Did you guys see anything in the news about uh, some of the new toys or, or can I go ahead and fill you in on some of the most exciting stuff? Go ahead. All right, here we go. Nostalgia reigns. Uh, Everything that we talk about on this podcast, I think, kind of calls back to a sense of nostalgia, and that is true with toys as well. The Ghostbusters are back. We are getting a a line of six-inch action figures called the Plasma Series, 
but they're also re-releasing the original Kenner figures as they were sold in the original packaging as Walmart exclusives. You're going to be able to get all of those figures again. Uh, We're seeing similar things like G.I. Joe is back with an all new line of six inch action figures. Can I ask you a Ghostbusters question follow up? Yeah, hit me. Hit me, man. These are some of the things I'm most excited for this year. Do they have the Proton Pack back? Because my cousin had the original one that would flap open, and I was so jealous of that thing. Yes. uh, Oh, my God. There is a Plasma series. So what they're kind of doing is there's there's two lines. There's uh, here. You have like the – the uh, all uh, the real Ghostbusters that what it was that's what it was called the original stuff mm-hmm. um, that's going to be at Walmart right now and that's going to have all of the original packaging of the figures you remember from the cartoon when you were kids they wow. look exactly the same and then you have what they're calling the plasma series which is aimed at collectors um, like I said this is this has gotten pretty normy they they aim lines directly at collectors uh, the plasma series is going to have a wand, a Naturna wand, so the gun of the Ghostbusters. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. It looks like a prop replica. Um, and then the Plasma series themselves are the original Ghostbusters. And when you collect the whole line, you're going to be able to build a terror dog. Whoa. Oh, they wow. Are, yeah. Uh, they are, this, they're great. And it's something... Yeah, this Neutrona wand looks sick. Oh, man. It is so cool. I'm so excited to get my hands on it. Um, the, the thing about collecting right now that I think is so fascinating is you have the Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters. So you have the Plasma series and the real Ghostbusters. Star Wars, we're seeing the same thing. There is the Black series, which is aimed at adult collectors. They're six inch action figures. And then there is the Vintage collection, which are packaged in the original Kenner style and they're three and three quarter inches. So you're kind of seeing this rise of a new standard which is the six inch action figure um that's what right. marvel legends are colin because that is the implication now kind of like uh no parent is gonna buy a kid a 40 dollar action figure you know that you're saying it is totally geared towards the collectors but i mean obviously in price point obviously in quality but I don't know. Kids don't play with those anymore, even the good ones. I would want the best. Kid, oh, I think they do. I think they definitely do. But they're kind of hoping that there's going to be moms and dads who also want to play with them. You know what I mean? Who want to get those because they're better than what you had when you were a kid. So, of course, you're going to want to collect them. I mean, I think that's one thing that there's a big contention in the the, the community, right? Are you Do you keep things mint, mint condition? Do you keep them on card in the box? Make sure that the, the peg holder is not even broken. They've never been on a shelf. Oh, okay. Yeah, or, yeah. Let's, let's do a round uh, table on that right now. Or yeah. We're all out of box Or do you boys, take them right? out? Do you let them breathe, you know, as they say? <laughs> a lot of people, even Funko, you know, pop collectors, they like to keep them in the box. And I think like... That's so dumb. Look like, why would you buy it? Stack, Jacob. Look at it. It takes yeah. up an entire room. Isn't it interesting? Come on. It's so overwhelming, you maniacs. Get it out. Touch it. Smell and it. I think they look better out of the box and you just stand them up on the shelf. Yeah, I, I don't do – I don't. I take them out of the box, throw the box in the closet and yeah, that's how I do it. Well, you do keep so the you box. Keep you don't throw box. it away. Well, I keep the box because I figure if I'm going to move or something, I'll put them all back in the boxes to transport well, yeah, them easier. I put the empty box in a pop collector box that's impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps its shape, and I fill that up as a wall in my closet. And then I put it's the super figure simple in front of it. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, people do, man. I think that is, uh, well, first of all, uh, let them breathe. I, I don't, I don't keep anything in the box. I am an out of box collector. Um, mm-hmm. that's just how I like it, baby. I, I wouldn't see the point of, of buying a toy if I'm not going to play with it. I guess if you had like something really rare, like a special edition that's like very hard to find, you might want to keep that in the box for, you know, the sake of like just keeping it nice and good in good condition. But otherwise, yeah. why bother, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of people that do that as well because you've seen the evolution of lines like Marvel Legends, which are some of the biggest toys out there right now, right? They're, they're MCU, they're comic book, they're weird retro versions of characters. One thing I'm really excited about this year, we're going to get Spider-Man figures that are six-inch action figures with a ton of articulation that come in the 90s packaging, that they look like the animated series packaging. Oh, Um, sign me up. Yeah, there's something really exciting about that that just kind of like takes you back and you're like, well, but it's better and and it looks nicer, so obviously I'm going to get it. Um, But you have Ghostbusters, Retro Spider-Man, G.I. Joe, the Vintage Collection, which is, you know, the old school Star Wars toys. Nostalgia is is really heavily involved and, and showing its head, especially in 2020. Um, some of the even smaller companies that I love, like NECA is a, a toy company that makes some really fun stuff. They're making um, Back to the Future, the animated series toys. They're making Whoa, Bill wow. and Ted's Excellent for? Adventure, the <laughs> animated series toys. That's for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, Colin, those are for me. I'm super excited. Uh, I think that's one thing that's great about, about the Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Gremlins. Um, NECA owns a ton of different licenses for a lot of horror stuff. They make really nice Gremlins toys. Um, I have a couple Christmas caroling Gremlins that come out for the holidays and Gizmo floats around oh, my house it. all day, um, all year round. <laughs> And they make uh, a lot of really fun stuff like that. You have a lot of horror icons. And these are not for kids. I mean, they're they're marketed as 14 and up too. So like they're not even in the same category as toys. They are in their own league as collectibles. Yeah, I'm not sure who was making these back in the day, but I had like a Predator action figure. Those like, were that Kenner I, that I... back in the day. Wow, yeah. really? Even Kenner? Oh, made us Kenner owned everything, man. I mean, it was really, you know, you had Hasbro who ended up absorbing Kenner who had all of those licenses. Um, and then Toy Biz, they also absorbed who was making all the Marvel stuff. Toy Biz, before it was Toy Biz, was actually known as Marvel Toys. So that's where oh, wow. the old Spider-Man figures, X-Men, uh, all of that was Toy Biz. It is interesting, though, how that after that point with nostalgia, everything's like targeted to almost an older audience now. Yeah. Yeah. To a degree. And, you know, that's just Hasbro who has like the corner on the big stuff that you can get, you know, either online at somewhere like Entertainment Earth or in stores at Target. Um, People like NECA and Super 7 are making even more collector focused stuff. I mean, there's going to be a a Marty McFly action figure. It's seven inches tall. It has three different heads. It comes with a skateboard and sunglasses. That's not for kids, man. (laughs) One of NECA's biggest licenses is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they are making good versions of the toys you had when you were a kid. They are the same design, same aesthetic, um, but they're, they're, they're great. 
You know, I, I love what NECA is doing. Super 7 is a company that kind of does the same thing, but they they have the reaction figures. Did you guys ever see those in stores that they're they're packaged to look like old yeah, toys? Yeah, I don't really like them. Yeah. The immobility. No. Yeah, see, so so something like NECA might be more your speed because you're gonna get that that nostalgia of like, oh, it's it's a Marty McFly or it's it's a, a They Live. Colin, they're making a John Nada figure from They Live. <laughs> hey, hey assholes. Um Joe, will you say a super nerdy thing right now and just talk about points of articulation? I feel like that's maybe one of the most important things you hear collectors oh, say yeah, yeah. versus Let's, toy uh, people, blah blah blah. Let's yeah, let's hit it. Um, I'll I'll use a company I love called Mezco as the example. So Mezco has what they call their one twelve collective. One twelve, of course, is the six inch scale. One twelve is six inch, uh, three and three quarter inches, one eighteen scale, and that's just putting mm-hmm. it into perspective. Another big scale is one six scale. Those are kind of the bigger, uh, you know, more like a foot or or taller toys. Yeah. Um, points for articulation numbers. is. How how are they going to move, baby? How many do you get? Now, when we were kids, um, five points was standard. You have the head, the arms, the legs, five points. Um, mm-hmm. Mezco has even started a line of their kind of own take on reaction figures, which they call the five points line. Um, and then they oh, have wow. their 112 collective where you're going to get like between 32 and 28 points of articulation. So you're wow. gonna have yeah, was a- the wrist move, the ankle move, <laughs> the thigh swivel, <laughs> the the ab crunch. I mean, these are things that people look for because if you're gonna be participating in action figure photography, which is a huge part of the community, you know, you're gonna want to be able to get them into some crazy poses, and that's really only gonna be achieved if you have enough points of articulation. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people doing really amazing, you know, stop motion work with these much better than I could with Luke Skywalker and a VHS camera. But um, having those points of articulation is only going to make that, like I said, the photography and videography way better. But I remember, yeah, we had five, maybe six. If you had a GI Joe with a rubber band waist, you know, oh, yeah. a little bit more. Oh, and if it breaks, <laughs> Mike. No, we would put a firecracker in there if they, uh, you know, were tried for treason. Yeah, and back in, back in the day, those were. Um you know, superposable is how they would sell it. Uh, now, you know, it's highly articulated and, and you know exactly. Right. Like there's certain points um, that, that the community gets really worked up over. If a figure doesn't have double elbows, that's kind of something people look for. Like a swivel and I can extend. Yeah, so you, you know. want to be able to move on the top and bottom of the elbow. So you can actually have uh. them reach behind their back. Because if you only get one of those points, it's not going to go the whole way back. Uh, double mm. knees is another one because you want to be able to put them into like big jumping poses. Um, you know, like a Spider-Man figure, you're going to want at least 28. You want to want to move them. Um, 22 is what you see standard a lot. That blows my mind. That's so much more than I would have. Again, we're thinking about the head swiveling. That is what I picture when I picture these. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about Godzilla on NECA's website. You know, as a Godzilla fan, this Godzilla's got 30 points of articulation his fingers his spines it's his tail is multi-articulated it's crazy and i think you know i think those lines are um 12 inches and the way they do it is uh tail to snout is is how they measure the godzilla figures 
Oh man, I I I, I got to get off this website. I'm gonna start spending money. I'm seeing the turtles figures too. It's oh, incredible. The turtles figures doing. are wild. I mean, I think that's one the of those secret things of the ooze that if you're if you're not into this, but there's something that that you loved when you were a kid. If you search hard enough, you're gonna find it. And if you're not gonna find it on NECA or or Super Seven or Mezco, you're gonna find a customizer out there who are doing some crazy things. Uh, I mean, one of my fantasies is I just want. I just want a head sculpt of myself. I just want a really well done head sculpt for me that I can put on on a 112 figure. Uh 112s put it on your Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean those are to me the um the Cadillac of action figures, right? A lot of people like Hot Toys, those are more 1/6 scale, so they're bigger. Uh mm-hmm. 112 Mezco's doing some wild stuff. I mean, you have a John Wick gun that, you know, the clip comes out and then there's firing effects off the top. There's a sniper or, you know, there's a, a silencer oh, on it. There's a bloody head sculpt, a regular head sculpt, six to 12 different pairs of, of, of hands to make sure you can have him holding all the weapons or fighting. It's, it's wild. That's crazy. That like that reminds me of kind of maybe what it would be more niche to our listeners on the collecting side is, you know, I mentioned I have a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know, that's coming from Japan. It's an anime series. But, you know, you get a lot of figures there that would also have multiple hands, multiple heads, different poses. Oh, then yeah. There's a whole oh, other side God, of collecting, ordered, right? Uh, a lot of anime girls with multiple heads, multiple hands, <laughs> multiple poses. How many points of articulation are you would talking? You'd be surprised yeah. what the mouth does in particular point wise. <laughs> right. I mean, but we were talking about out of the box or in the box like there's so many figures like i mean out of the box but there's figures designed just to like have high quality detail but they have no articulation and they're just to look at oh yeah um whether they're lewd or not um <laughs> or just super sick you know but there's a whole collecting scene there that they just want to put them on the shelf out of box and just have high detail even and, um, even those companies are getting more into western brands too because collectors saw the quality and they wanted stuff mm-hmm. that they liked so um, Medicom and, and Mafex, Mafex, SH Figure Arts and Figma, I would say are probably the biggest of those, yeah. um, where, you know, if you, if you love nineties Wolverine, you can get a figure that's going to have multiple heads, multiple hands, and it's just going to be, you know, a hundred dollars from, from Japan. And it's going to take, you know, a couple months to get here. I mean, that's another thing but- that this this community is so ravenous that like when something is announced or something comes out it won't be available for a long time (laughs) like you have to wait for it and it's just everyone like kind of foaming at the mouth over the same pictures that everyone is sharing on instagram over and over again as it was pre-internet it so too is in the world of the internet, right? Just wait with your Kenner box from the magazine, just waiting, just looking at the images, and then you finally get it months later. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really wild. But it's cool to see, like, um, you know, these properties, like you said, they're doing the Harry Potter stuff from um, Figma or something like that. But, like, yeah. just the idea that there's such an appetite in the West for more action figures that Western properties, like even Japanese manufacturers, are like, we got to we got to start making some Harry Potter stuff. Oh, There's I, a lot of money in it. I pre-ordered today a Mafex figure that is Jim Lee's Hush. It is his take on Batman's Hush. Oh, wow. Um, it has a wired cape. So the cape is fabric but has wire so you can pose it in like it's blowing in the wind. Comes with a bunch of batarangs, an unmasked head, um, you know, a grappling hook. It was so much stuff. 
but I'm not getting that figure until I think June is is when it might get here. <laughs> I mean, oh, we'll wow. see. Uh, but you know, I it's it's one of those things where collecting at its core is celebrating what you love from the comic books or or the big screen or video games. And I'll tell you what, we've even seen those outlets affected by the toys. So why don't we jump on over and talk what we usually talk, movies, comics, and video games, all about toys. Oh boy, Ninja Pizza! Watch out! That fake pizzeria is really a new shooting cannon! One drop of that stuff means goodbye, green guy! Whoa, where did that water blast come from? Flash down that pizza with this, dude! It's the turtle sewer cells are cannon to the rescue! Looks like the foot is all washed up! And there's Donatello, the storage shell turtle, with his arsenal of weapons hidden in his back! Try this pizza! Mm, mm, too heavy on the peanut butter! Ninja Turtles! From Playmates! Welcome back to Normies Like Us. We're talking all things toys. Uh, I've kind of gone on a long rant about toys themselves, the history of collecting. But again, all of this stems from what you love, and that's the movies, the TV shows, the the video games, and the comics. But even those have made their way into the the mainstream. So let's talk a little bit about movies and TV shows first. Obviously, we all loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a question to pose. Do you think toy movies are worse than video game movies? <laughs> Ooh. No. Ooh, that's a good question. No, because the Lego movie is a toy movie, and that's better than any video game movie ever made. That's Ooh, my that ace in the hole. <laughs> right? Wow. Even if... Even, all right, so if, if Lego Movie is exempt, because I think Lego is uniquely positioned in the fact that they can take advantage of every popular property, much like Funko does. True. And kind of get... This, yeah, they got know, the Batman so they do, Yeah, yeah. They do get and a those boost, Dutch right? bastards um, would say that Legos themselves aren't toys, that they are an experience. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I mean, that's such like a fascinating thing, too, because you have... You know, Warner Brothers producing Lego content and Lego has licenses for every everything. So it's it's wild right. that like a Lego Marvel video game is made by WB video games like that's, right. that's wild. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess at the very least we could say that Lego is the most successful toy that has video games and it is from it it is weird because there's like there's star wars then there's star wars legos then there's star wars lego video games but there's also mm-hmm. star wars regular star wars video games well while we're talking about Crazy. movies there's batman let lego me ask games. my other normies this when you guys got the notes for joe's march madness episode again normies we're each picking the uh, the subject matter for this were you guys a little disappointed that it wasn't about the robin williams movie or that it's not uh, an entire episode <laughs> devoted to toy story yeah. Toy Story or college or Small Soldiers. That's true. I love oh, all of those Small Soldiers. <laughs> Joe, Small Soldiers. That's the greatest Joe, toy movie. You're making me think of two things right now, Jacob. Joe Dante. You're, you're right. Yeah. Oh, here's our tie-in. Joe, Small Soldiers and the uh, very strange um, uh, Jingle All the Way, both were movies about toys that then became toys. Turbo Man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The Commandos um, versus the Gorgonauts or whatever they were called. The Gorgonauts. Nitro. Yeah. Nitro. There is a uh, <laughs> There is a customizer that I follow them. who is in the process of making an entire line of Small Soldiers figures. 
So he's 3D printing oh each piece and and, wow. and putting them together and constantly posting updates of like his 3D models and stuff. I mean, that's wild, right? <laughs> like that's again how ravenous this community is. Like if it doesn't exist, someone will either make it out of foam or, or or they'll make it themselves. Um talking about movies in general though, I mean, it's hard to say that these don't count because Hasbro and Mattel both have their own studios now. I mean, you have just today it was announced that Snake Eyes, a a G.I. Joe Origins movie, mm. just finished uh shooting. They have wrapped principal photography. We're gonna see a Snake Eyes movie. Wow. Have you guys seen any of the G.I. Joe movies? I don't know. I oh I love those. I love I've those. Seen- Rise of Cobra and yeah, the original. They're the best. But do you guys like... Oh, Mike, are you talking about the animated cartoon? Are you talking about that G.I. Joe movie? No, I've seen that with Serpentor. Uh, I've seen that one yeah. as well, yeah. I mean, I saw uh, those at midnight. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I like those. I, I, the thing... I, Snake Eyes, for just his own movie, Joe, I, would you be excited about that? I mean, I I, I am because, I, I again, it's that nostalgia, man. Like, I loved the the G.I. Joe toys when I was a kid because they were just kind of like blank slates, right? You could do anything with them. There were good guys and bad guys and you'd fill in the blanks yourself. And to be honest, like this new line of six inch action figures, the the G.I. Joe classified series is what they're called. They got me hooked. I think they they look really great. There is a, a Hasbro Pulse exclusive Snake Eyes who comes with like all of this shit. And it was like, oh yeah, I guess a ninja wearing all black who like also has a submachine gun with a silencer on it is is something I could get behind. But we'll see. As like a ninja kid growing up. Yeah, like I Snake Eyes is my favorite G.I. Joe. And and him and Storm Shadow, right? It was Lee Byun Hun, you know, uh played him in the movies. So like I, I I'm all about Snake Eyes. Like you said, a ninja with a machine gun, dude doesn't <laughs> talk, he's just gonna John Wick it up. I love yeah. it. I mean, I think it's it's wild. And Ray Park played him Darth in the Wall. in the original, or not the original, but in the the early two thousands movie. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating that it's like, well, who's this movie for? I mean, it's kind of the same question that I posed with with Sonic. Is like, are kids playing Sonic, or or is this like us? Same thing with the GI Joe Snake Eyes movie. Is that for children, or is that for dudes in their thirties who are like fucking yeah, Snake Eyes? I can't wait. Oh, yeah. And on the note of Sonic, um, you asked us, are toy games worse than video game movies? After Sonic came out, definitely, because that's the greatest movie. <laughs> I'll counter, I'll counter Jacob's episode. Lego movie with the Transformers and say, Jacob, that franchise collectively mm. has made a billion. They're not good, but isn't that successful toy Bumblebee. movies? Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Bum- I mean, you had Michael Bay Sam making take the movies off of No, 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 Joe. Let me do this. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, the Sam Boys. Wiki. It, we, you are the chosen one. It's me, Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's a good degree. Oh, fucking, are you kidding? Do that, that, that get immediately. Oh, I was about to try to do Megatron. I can't even think about it. You know? <laughs> but again, I love uh, it. Yeah. These, these are, you know, people who are not necessarily toy people know all of these Transformers names because Michael Bay made a big blockbuster action movie based off of toy robots from Japan. I like the yeah, I remember the animated movie with uh, Orson Welles voice in it and stuff. Oh, the best movie ever made. The only movie <laughs> yeah. that I've been at the at the theaters while my brother cried. I <laughs> just like lost it. And I remember thinking like, oh no. Uh-oh. 
yeah, so the movies, I mean, I think G.I. Joe was the one I really wanted to talk about because you have Snake Eyes coming and like they are a studio. They have acquired other properties. They're gobbling stuff up. I mean, I'm not expecting Snake Eyes to be the last one, even if it doesn't perform as well as they'd hope. How many have they made so far? Just two? There's two live action G.I. Joe movies. And then I saw the first years one years later. We're getting this oh, Snake Eyes the movie rock then. one. Nah. <laughs> With Roadblock. <laughs> That's he played Rise Roadblock. Cobra, boy. Uh-huh. It had Marlon Has, Wayans, too. Yeah. Um, what, what I think is fascinating is we, we went from a place where Star Wars starts this craze, and then we're like, let's make up cartoons to sell toys. And then now it's like, let's make movies for those kids we sold toys yeah. to as a movie right. While we sell them the same like, toys again 35 years later. That brings then, up an interesting question that yeah. I want to ask you guys. So when they're adapting this stuff, We're doing it to should ourselves. it be mirror to mirror? My favorite toy movie is Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. My favorite character in that, the, <laughs> the little person actor Billy Barty plays magician Gwildor, who replaces the toy and animated feature Orko. So there was never a toy for Gwildor. I mean, should they be dead Mm. on? I like it when they take uh, liberties. Yeah. The greatest video game movie is Super Mario Brothers, which had awesome (laughs) toys too. Uh, And that took a ton of liberties. I mean, do you guys remember those toys? Was I the only one who had a Bob Hoskins action figure? Yeah, those stupid boots. (laughs) Oh, I saw them. I didn't have them, but I saw them. I, I instead bought a real swimming Donatello. Hell yeah. And it would swim around the bathtub with me. And in the He-Man one, like, you know, it's Frank Darabont as Skeletor, right? But he doesn't really sound like the, the cartoon version. is Like, his voice is different, right? No, no it's totally Frank Langella. And he's much just deeper. Frank Langella, yeah. yeah. He's just what did I say, Frank Shakespeare, Darabont, yeah. Jacob. No, it was directed by <laughs> and, Darabont. And I mean, that's one of those crazy, like, that was really one of the first, like, Skeletor will be back post-creds. <laughs> Which is now like everyone stays no, to the won't. end of any movie because I have <laughs> no, to know. No, he It's the <laughs> text came back that should come meme. up right after it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Dolph Lundgren just walks out on the green screen. No, no, he won't. The no, he no, won't. No, no, he's not going to. Um, I've got the oh, power. Mike, it's so, I'm not that's, talk- you're so dead on. It's so much like this. <laughs> I've got the power. <laughs> the way he talks, it's like, it's, I don't know if you guys know, it's the first movie he ever did in English. They asked him to dub. He basically said, uh, give me three chances. Uh, he would try it you know, his own way. And then the, they just went bankrupt. Canon Films. They ran out of money, so they couldn't redub him. So it is Dolph Lundgren's real voice. Uh, Skeletor's army is coming. We have to go now. You're like, what? Why do you sound <laughs> like yeah. that? I like that movie too because it really had nothing to do with the the show, and it was just about him going to Earth, and so much of it was just about those Earth kids like it was fucking about around Courtney in the Cox town in their magic sound machine. And Jacob, he doesn't even swing yeah. a sword; he shoots a laser blaster most of the time, like fucking Star Wars. Yeah, right. Make any sense? So I think some of the best like adaptations of like toys and stuff is where they like kind of make it their own thing in the movie or whatever, right? Well, I think like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is such an example of that because you had a comic book that was kind of poking fun at dark, gritty comic books that had four Ninja Turtles. And then they were approached by Playmates like, hey, can we get the toy license? And they're like, yeah, okay, well, we got to make a TV show to sell the toys. And these these gritty four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles became like – goofy pizza loving dudes who 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 have been made over a thousand times 
right. can yell at the turtle. And to many people, that's the true oh, identity. But can I rip apart the turtle it's toys not. of our youth, Mike? You said that swimming Donatello, and it made me think of just what fucking cash grabs those were. Michelangelo as Picasso. And you would look at it and think like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? My grandma is going to buy this for me, you bastards. You are tricking an old woman into giving me a garbage yeah. toy. <laughs> I mean, they were. I did have a football throw in Leonardo. They were, they were well, in so. space. They were one of my favorite lines was them as I would love to get these on eBay. Um, the classic movie monsters, where it was like, you know, Michelangelo is a oh, mummy yeah. and and Raph is a vampire, and they were just like redecos of like classic movie monsters, Frankenstein, Donatello, <laughs> like. Yep. Wild. I had a werewolf one. Man, I think I only got the crappy weird lines <laughs> turtle toys. <laughs> <laughs> regular was ones. getting you these fucking pieces of shit turtle toys. <laughs> it was the it's like the Funko know, like you just I get know. them for your birthday yeah. from Hold Cuba. on. So you, you, always, you would always end up with like I'll go for it. No, go you would always go. end up with like a Batman with a red suit and then like a Robin with a blue suit and like I, well, I just want their normal costumes. How I don't they want work. this at all. I want the normal guys. You were making me think with the Halloween monsters. I had a set of things from McDonald's that were just the chicken nugget characters that would you would put on like little classic mummy outfits and Draculas and stuff. There's so much bullshit. I had the fucking Looney Tunes toys like kept out that people would put out that was like they dress up like Superman and Batman. Like what is this garbage? Colin, nostalgia reigns so hard in the toy community this year that in 2019, uh McDonald's re-released those chicken nuggets action figures you as Happy Meal exclusives. You cannot tell me that, Joe. Yeah. I'm not kidding when I say that, like, I'm pretty sure my mom put them on a table at Halloween and, like, displayed them like ornaments a couple years. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking the, oh, I'm tra- sure. the lowest of the low. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. When I was a kid, my my parents would throw a big Halloween party and they would take all of our... um Adam's Family, the animated series toys. I'm pretty sure my dad bought that whole line just so he could put them in like a haunted house display where like the chips and salsa wow. were. You know what I mean? Like they would just be floating around <laughs> in there. Wow. You um, so while we're talking all this other stuff, I have another general mm-hmm. question to present. We've talked movies and TV shows. Moving on to video games. Are video games toys? Hmm. I say in their early days, yes, but now I think they've kind of become their own form of, I I would say literature, depending on the genre. But yeah, I think originally they were toys, though, if you look at like electronic football and like... So I would say... um, Tiger Electronics are coming back. They are remaking the Tiger Electronics, like the 90s animated X-Men. You you can pre-order that right now. Oh my God, that's crazy. I would say video games are games... And games are toys, right? So, like, board games are toys, right? So, I guess... I follow that logic. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they're kind of a mix between, uh, uh, like, yeah, literature and and the interactive element is is the game part of it, obviously. Mike listed Mm -hmm. off Um, the annoying thing about the the titles being mislabeled. In my entertainment center, when I think of collectibles, one of the first things I think of is I still leave my video games out stacked where I can read them in a row. I like to buy physical, not mainly uh, download only. So I don't know. I call that a toy, right? Mm -hmm. That brings up an interesting point, Colin. So, you know, pre-digital era, you know, people used to collect 
comic book well, people still collect comic books obviously but comic books and dvds and all that stuff now we just collect you know digital versions of that and i was just thinking when you said you keep your video games out i have a lot of games but they're all like on steam so i just have a list of steam games so it's not really quite the same thing as having a physical collection or something file. lost there Invite do you ever your just like, room and boot up your computer. yeah do you invite them over it's just, ooh, let me yeah. cruise your steam collection real quick look at your csv <laughs> Yeah, so you kind of lose something with the physicalness of it. So that's kind of a bummer. So I'm glad people are yeah, keeping yeah, the collecting dream alive, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's important. Um, and then, you know, talking about comic books, uh, anything to sell toys, right? Like they they were doing this a lot. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started as a comic. The G.I. Joes have the craziest history with comic books. Um, you name a publisher – G.I. Joe has been theirs at some point. That really bugs me, Joe, especially in the Marvel world where I would have old 70s comics and I'd be like, ah, the Transformers. This is very strange. Oh, why is one in a boxing ring with fucking uh, Roadhog or, you know, one of the fucking other G.I. Joes? I'd be like, oh, I hate all this. This is fucking garbage. I just want it to be fucking normal. Stop crossing all this (laughs) bullshit together. There have been there have been G.I. Joe comics in, um, you know, Old school companies that don't exist anymore, DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, IDW, Boom. I mean, everyone has had their chance to to get their hands on that license. They have crossed over with the uh, uh, Transformers before. The Transformers have crossed over with uh, fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have crossed over with Power Rangers. I mean, there's so much... Like basically a toy verse with all of these companies having traded off the license for for G.I. Joe and these other brands. Like it's wild to think you could probably find a comic book where Duke hangs out with Batman and then another one where Duke hangs out with Captain America. Like it's wild. (laughs) Whoever was the proper American hero of the day, Duke (laughs) show up. G.I. Joe was there. Yeah, a real American hero. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, yeah, a lot of these had tie-ins like, you know, He-Man had a comic book, too, at one point. Right? Like, a lot of these Ninja Turtles came from comics like there's they're intrinsically linked either as a vehicle to sell more toys as a vehicle to inspire somebody to make the toys Consume. and then make a cartoon and then make a movie. Well, and I think the <laughs> yeah. toys in general are so connected to everything we talk about on Normies Like Us. A lot of the times you're going to get your first look at a character design. It's going to be from the toys. Like, you know, the first time we saw, like, the quantum suits for Endgame were the toys, and the toys didn't really look like the movie. And then you saw the trailer, and it was different. Like, that's wild. I mean, if you're into pop culture at all, you've stumbled across a toy or a Funko Pop or, you know, even even looked at them to be like, get your first look at you know, Rogue One's new robot. And it's like, oh, oh there's K2SO so as an action Joe. figure. I'm literally just looking at things that are like the leaks from Wonder Woman 84. Is this Cheetah from the Funko Pop? We live in a world where the merchandise and stuff like that comes out and they push back. Again, you got to give credit to the baby Yoda for not getting out there right <laughs> away. Well, like that's we- fascinating because they didn't know about baby Yoda. Like John Favreau played it all so close to the chest that the first time all these people saw baby Yoda was the first episode. Like, like Funko didn't know there was going to be a baby Yoda. So they couldn't have a baby Yoda ready to go. I mean, it right. was 
really played so close to the chest that it was like, oh, okay, well, everyone's going to want this. How are we going to uh, to have a baby Yoda? Have you guys seen the the animatronic baby Yoda yet? It terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a furry it's, it's Mike. A, it can it's, like it's grab like a, you like a baby monkey. <laughs> it's it's a it's a oh, full what? figure, but it's animatronic. It just recoiled. You can pre order now, and it'll be here in December for next Christmas. Wow. I mean, it is kind of this is nothing like Child's Play or Small Soldiers. <laughs> it, it'll <laughs> force you. Child's <laughs> Play sequel where Child's Mark play. Hamill, it will force who played you. the new Buddy or Chucky or whatever you want to call him, gets into a baby right. Yoda doll, and it's like very meta about it, Mike. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, talk about crossovers. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there you have it. They're toys that they connect to every video game and and TV show and comic. I mean, I'm fingers crossed we'll do a G.I. Joe episode someday. There's a lot to talk about there. Uh, Transformers mm-hmm. too. Ghostbusters, you said. Oh, yeah. Power man. Rangers. They're, they're connected to everything. Um, we've done Power Rangers uh, and we've done Turtles, right? <laughs> I wasn't on the Power Rangers, I don't think. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we we'll do the Power Rangers. Picture, but... <laughs> yeah, we yeah, have to redo it. We'll just do it again. All right. We'll delete it off the website. Yeah. Don't go look for it. You know, a lot of a lot, yeah. a lot of people don't know this, but my favorite of, uh, Power Ranger was the red one. Everyone else likes white green guy. Nah, red Power Ranger number one best Power Ranger. I, did I say which he's coming no. back? He just now. said Red Ranger number one Power Ranger. <laughs> can I, but can I tell you guys? Did I say on the Power Rangers episode? But the the memory I still have in my mind of my parents dividing up the Christmas gifts that year of giving us the original doll sized Power Rangers. They came in that you know very mm-hmm. thin green box. They were very oh, big because they were straight out of Japan, basically. Yeah, and they were basically like those mm-hmm. weird like you know like dolls that people use now for like articulation and stuff like the modeling dolls yeah. but you know with like a shell they were over. really art- even the hands had articulation in oh those. yeah but the just uh, yeah the like memory the i have of my brother getting all the boy characters and me getting the yellow ranger the pink <laughs> ranger and the blue ranger oh, no. who we all know notorious things about <laughs> now in hindsight i remember just like having to bear the weight of being like yeah, I'm the like that was the moment where it clicked. We're like, I'm the younger brother. I get the right. worst stuff. This is the worst. The dregs of the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that is too crazy. Well, technically, the Yellow Ranger was a boy in Japan. So uh, depending on how you look at it, you did get one boy figure there. <laughs> Well, there you have it. We talk movies, comics, yeah. video games. Why don't we jump on over and give our final thoughts on the world of collecting? <laughs> Now the whole outdoors can be your G.I. Joe battlefield. On the land, right in your own backyard. On the sea, wherever there's water. You can set up tents on the beach, machine guns in the sand, a communications post in a foxhole. And when you put your frogmen near the water, they'll seem almost alive. To build realistic battle scenes, you can use clumps of grass, twigs and branches, even stone. And with all the authentic G.I. Joe equipment that's available, you'll have a new kind of combat realism when you play with your G.I. Joes outdoors. Start collecting G.I. Joes and G.I. Joe equipment today. And remember, whether you play with G.I. Joe outdoors or indoors, only G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe. Open me, Joe. All right. Let me out of my box. <laughs> Let me breathe. 
You got to let them breathe, man. We're back. We're talking collectibles, action figures, toys, whatever you want to call them here on Normies Like Us. We gave you the history. We we went through a little bit of the niche to Normie, what people are rocking these days. Uh, here we are to give our final thoughts on toys, man. What do you guys think? Did you, uh, did you enjoy learning more about this? Is it something that you kind of hit hit close to home? I did. Uh, I'll quickly go through because I was having some thoughts while you were talking about just other ones I had from my youth. Fucking crash test dummies. You got to look back at that and be oh, like, yeah. what were those? Was that, did that come <laughs> from uh, just the, the awareness, the PSAs, ad campaign, yeah. the toy first to cartoon? Um, yeah. Uh, PSAs I did have three BB to toys to cartoons. It's yeah. crazy. I fell for it all. Fell for it all, guys. But I wasn't <laughs> kidding about yeah. Nerf. Like, Nerf. Nerf meant something when we were kids in a way that was so different because it was a physical go-out sport. It kind of replaced T-ball for our generation. It never will be back again, obviously, because of the shooting connotations. But I wanted to ask you guys, did you have the high school experience of, like, Nerf competitions? I had that. Oh, yeah, ma'am. Um, I might have. Yeah, I had like, you know what? I had cap guns when I was a kid. I don't oh know if they God. make those anymore. I had a cap guns. There's no yeah. way that you can sell a cap gun now. The fucking Nerf no, because they literally were, had gunpowder. At them. your high school, Mike, you didn't have like, a, we would pay in when we were like juniors or mm-hmm. seniors. You could go anywhere, shoot anybody, bring Nerf guns to school. There were rules like if you were naked, you couldn't be out. It was teams versus teams. What? Like, you, there's no, oh, no my way high school you would had that, ever yeah. do that if again. You were naked, We've talked you about that. Shot. Joe, for sure. Yeah, that's a thing yeah. for us. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Different times. We did not have that. In my were, it was senior tag. That was that was what it was called. Ah. That yeah. reminds me a uh, uh, quick story. So when I was in elementary school or middle school, I can't remember, I was outside playing with a cap gun one day. And then I put the, it, it was like a Wild West revolver. And it looked, you know, it was metal and everything. It looked just like a real gun, except for the yellow, the orange cap on the thing. I put it in my, my winter coat. Next day, I go into school wearing that coat. I had this gun at school. And, you know, oh. this was in the, you know, late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But You had your trench um, coat on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Bad time so, to have that. But, you know, just shows you the difference. I had I had a gun in school. I didn't even realize it. But you were a good kid then because if you were bad kid me with a cap gun, you would just put the entire strip out or roll it up and smash it with a rock to oh, see with how a hammer. big the explosion oh, yeah. could get or with a hammer, dude. It was, and then you would just be like, too. yes, explosions. <laughs> yeah. Com- combustion. That's good like times. I said, putting the, uh, the firecracker in the G.I. Joe's rubber band. Uh, <laughs> part of being a kid is... You experience destruction with toys for the first time. Mike, you were doing that. Joe, you and I have talked about, like, there was something about the freezer where it's like, I've got to interrogate this guy. Or, like, toys that were special to it. Like, I had a Mr. Freeze that would change colors if he was cold. Mm. Toys are just a way for you to sort of experience The cape would be posed, so you would want to, like, put him in the freezer with, like, something around the case. So then when it came out, it would be in a certain position. Right. You know, flash forward. Now they just make them with wires in them, so so you can pose yeah. them however you want them. And there's something, oh, you there's know what just I, the lesson to it. You know, the imaginativity, you know, just again, my final thoughts here that I'll say. Toys, toys teach you lessons in such important ways. I lost my brother's hand to his original Optimus Prime, and I think we had a Cold War for five years over it. Like, there is, there is <laughs> something about property and ownership when you're a kid, since you don't have anything, that you're so protective of the things you have. Toys are your first family. I love that about them, Joe. 
Oh, I love to hear it, man. Yeah, I was wanted. I just remembered one thing. Did you guys have army men toys when you're like the little green army men? The little. I was oh, kind of only into the yeah. parachute guys that you would get for like twenty five mm. cents at like a Dave and Buster's. For some Turkey reason, things. I had just like a shit ton of these little green army men. I had different kinds. I had cowboys and Indians, and I used to m- make these like elaborate battles between them. So that's just something I just rem- no, remembered you, off those the top are of my head. Inherited toys. Those are like Lincoln logs. <laughs> where like fucking yeah. my uncle had those toys growing up, and they're like they're baby Jacobs now. But I think also because you, they were so cheap that. Like my mom would just go to the dollar store and buy like a big bag of them or a big tub of them and they were just so cheap. And then she'd like, oh, go play with these. And I'd be like, all right. Um, But yeah, I want to say I, you know, I learned a lot uh, in this uh, episode. So I appreciate that. And it just, you know, I don't know if you you talked about this on the, the pod yet, Joe, but like when I go to your house and I just see the elaborate displays that you have with all the different um, figures and stuff, it just really blows my mind. So good job with those. thanks, man. You know, I yeah, think, with the, um, oh, go for it. I'll take, I'll take more compliments. I was just saying <laughs> like, you know, if the, if the normies don't know, like Joe, you know, he has these elaborate setups, he's got lighting, he's got, oh, yeah, you know, props diorama. and stuff. Yeah. And, and I just like, you know, when you've got new setups and you've got them separated by the different, um, you know, X-Men and, and the Avengers and all that stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, it's very, man. very rad. Um, I think for me, just toys, yeah, like Colin said, it's like you're the first thing you own, right? And it's also the first thing you can really take a look at, you know, like you can examine it up close, you know, and really like, oh, this is what, you know, a Star Trek ship looks like. And you can turn it over and kind of have that tactile feeling, which is cool, too. And I did a lot of my first like kit bashing back then. I would have like a G.I. Joe vehicle and I would snap the top off of it. And then I would try to glue it to like a jet bottom, you know, like just messing around, like making my own stuff, you know. Toy is about play. Play is about kind of like getting your brain to work in an interesting way. And then those things are usually tied to the media that you consume or things that you enjoyed as a, as a kid. So the urge to collect those things, I think, is natural in humans. Um, and so I have a question, too. And I want to start with Joe and we'll go around. Desert Island Collectible, what's your one precious? If you could have one <laughs> precious to take with you, what would it be? I have a... a 1994 superposable Spider-Man figure that has been on every desk I've ever worked at. Um, it's been held together by countless rubber bands. I just fixed the rubber band uh, a couple days ago, actually. And now that same figure is going to be remade uh, in 2020, you know, almost two decades later. That's wild to me. And he's still swinging. That's awesome. He's still swinging. Jacob, Desert Island, Precious, Collectible. Um, well, first of all, why would you want to take that on a desert island? Doesn't, <laughs> well, you know, doesn't seem that useful. But uh, <laughs> Mine would be a lighter. <laughs> my, my collected lighter. It's uh, an no, airplane, but, uh, working airplane. <laughs> I'm going to take one of my Figmas from Japan, the good ones that Colin's got. Yeah, I don't know what mine would be. I don't know if I have a favorite pop. Um... I've just got so many to choose from. Probably, <laughs> I love for, all my children. <laughs> for sentimental value, this is the I have uh, carpenter. I have a, a Johnny Manziel. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he was a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I have a Baker Mayfield one now, and I have current players. But the Johnny Manziel is just so sentimental to me because it, it reminds me of that era of my life. Mm. You know, <laughs> so Jacob, you're you're castawaying it. 
and you're <laughs> the thing you are talking to. Your Wilson is a little Johnny Manziel. He's talking. He's like, "Hey, bro, should we smash these <laughs> beers right now?" And you're like, "Johnny, we're can on an can island. I get a couple there are no beers. Go, We've uh, been here for two gamble? years. I'm sick. That's I right. Eat my leg." I couldn't Johnny think Funko. of a better. Uh, I couldn't think of a better Wilson to have with That's me. That's terrible. All right, <laughs> let me blow mine. Everybody's mine with mine because Jacob, I've got such a better one. I don't currently own it. It's one of the toys again. The end of this episode, Normies, you're gonna want to turn off because it might just be me rattling off things that I remember. Like, did you have this? Did you have that? <laughs> um, I wish we had a girl here to talk about the her equivalent of it, the Easy Bake Oven, guys. I would bring a oh, working creepy crawler. Creepy crawlers. Set that doesn't, it would yeah. do nothing on a desert island. I would plug it into a tree or something. <laughs> Just because as a kid, I feel like I could never figure it out. And as an adult with time on an island, I feel like I could really finally understand what the fuck they were. <laughs> yeah, my real play. how those gelatin treats work. My older yeah, brother yeah. Uh, burned himself on a creepy crawler's like How oven thing. Not? How could you? Oh my god! You would see that neon yeah. liquid. Oh, it's glow in the dark style. Dad, I have to get it out, or it's gonna burn. It. Go! <laughs> it's a forty-watt bulb in a metal yeah. tray. Yeah. The real play would be to do the incredible edibles variant, where you could eat all of them, mm. and then you would have some food too. Yeah, Mike, I'm Hell just yeah. downing <laughs> the fucking corn syrup liquid <laughs> shit that they fucking made those things out of. Like, oh, I've been fucking eating for a year, but thank you, creepy crawlers. There you go. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, what would be the desert island thing? I don't know. I have a very cool. Um, it's Eagle Moss. They make all the Star Trek ships now. They have a very cool Enterprise. NX-01, it's the Scott mm. Bakula ship. I just really like it. Maybe that would inspire me to imagine I'm trapped it. on a planet much like one of the captains from the show. Toy to or model, somehow. Mike? Is it something you had to put together? It's a toy. It's just okay. a figure. It comes on a little stand. I didn't have I to like assemble that. it. It's I was going to say that would be kind of the perfect pick if you were like, oh, you know, something like a fucking Enterprise I had to put together there and I had the time. I'm telling you. Or you could just master a Rubik's Cube. I guess that's useful as <laughs> I'll well. take all my Legos and then I have more adventures with Xander on the Scorpion. Fucking build oh, there build the go. boat there Scorpion go. to get off the island. Come on, Xander. <laughs> We're getting off this thing. <laughs> Xander would build it for you and be like, We're getting out of here, <laughs> buddy. Go, buddy. Yeah, that's right. exactly he would. what he would do. Sure would. Joe, I mean, let I us love, hear uh, those final thoughts here. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you guys for letting me ramble about it. I really hope. Um, Jacob said you learned something or two. I hope the audience did as well. If there's something you're into, uh, or something you remember from your childhood, jump on eBay, man, see if you can find it or better yet, make it yourself. One thing I love about this episode and getting to talk to you guys about toys was the, the nostalgia of it. I mean, everyone had these kind of universal experiences of, of taking something that was intangible and making it tangible. Uh, and there is such a community for people who never really grew out of it um, that is is fun and inventive and creative. There's a lot of accounts you can follow that do some some really cool stuff with customizing different uh, diorama backdrops, wired capes, figures, uh, action figure photography. All that cool stuff is is so fun to look at. And if you're into anything that we would cover on normies like us. There's going to be a collectible for it. Um, you can watch me play with toys for a living if you follow Entertainment Earth. Uh, it's something very near and dear to my heart, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to go on that journey with me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, we yeah, love buddy, it, and thank you for kicking off March Madness for us. I mean, woo. Oh, yeah. I am it's so excited for this month. It's going to be a really great opportunity for the audience to uh, – 
to get to know us a little better and for us to kind of, you know, flex some some expertise on uh, stuff that we love. So get ready for three more episodes right. of Star Wars, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking oh, Kentucky. That's, that's a joke. <laughs> March Madness. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. So stay tuned. Uh, once again, we're each going to be hosting an episode uh, during March. So Joe just went up. We'll have a we'll spin the roulette wheel and surprise you next week. And uh, <laughs> the rough thing really about fun. next week is because Joe just inspired us to all go on eBay and fund our passions. Is I'm going to have a burn mark on my risk of a spider. And, and it's <laughs> going to be distracting <laughs> when I get my creepy crawler set. But normies, as and always, Jacob will have a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the scorpion. There you have it. Uh, normies thanks for listening you can always check us out at normies underscore like underscore us on all social medias rate review and subscribe the podcast we love that it helps us out uh, contact us if you've got any ideas for future episodes once we get out of march as always we've been your normies joe yeah this is uh funko jacob i guess i'll be my collectible nice. oh there you go thank you so much we will see you next time bye Bye-bye. Goodbye. I'm going to press right. stop. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> um... Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.